1: Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation
2: waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown and through adaptable problem solving we do just that learn more at marines.com hello there and welcome to another episode of the oz f1 show in this episode tommy t joins me on the couch in my house and we preview the monaco grand prix for our pre-drinks episode And I'm joined, as I said, on the couch by Tommy T. Hello, mate. G'day, mate. And remotely with the best beard in Formula One and the worst beanie, it's Campy.
1: Gentlemen, how are you? Looking very cosy on that couch. I know the viewers, we're not filming this one, but you two are a bit too close, so... (laughs) Another five degrees of separation, lads, that'd be good. Would you like Uh, to get the ruler out? Well, Tommy's got shorts (laughs) on and my eyeballs are burning, so... (laughs) (laughs) It's
2: a good start (laughs) Must
1: be warm in in Sydney
2: Anything's a better start than thinking about Daniel Ricciardo at all For qualifying So I'm just going to block that from my mind I'm sure we'll talk about it in just a little bit Uh, But before we get to talking about the Monaco uh, bit Let's talk about everything that's happened between Spain and this weekend Uh, Campy, Lando Norris has signed a new multi-year deal I think it's an undisclosed amount of time but kind of brings him in line with Danny Rick's contract.
1: Yeah, it is. Um, good for Lando. I think he – I would have thought he held off a bit longer. Um, he came out and said – I think his words were, I didn't want to wait till the to the, the shit show, which is uh, musical chairs at the end of the year. Um, but good for him. I think, uh, I think the pay packet's the most interesting thing for me. He's only on $6 million a year, which uh, – Shows you where McLaren's heart and head is really at with signing Danny Rick for whatever he's on $24 million a year. So, um, yeah, I think they'll be good for each other. I mean, he's driving exceptionally well at the moment and extracting some yeah. pace out of that car that our boy can't at the moment, which is chattering to say. Um, but, end of the season, I think this is, it was never about this season for Danny Rick. It's always about next year. So, yep, good for Lando.
0: Yeah, I think Lando's just looking for the future. New regs, give him one to two years. That'll probably be the length of the deal, and then he'll figure it out from there. But I'm, I'm with Campy. I think he could have waited because what if Lewis changed his mind? What if Max moves and there's a Red Bull seat open? There's so many things up out in the open. There's not many people signed on for long-term deals. Laclau's probably the only one of note. So there's so many seats up for grabs with new regs. He could have just waited, and he's a hot commodity.
2: I think, though, this is sort of his view of McLaren as well, you know, it is a investment into the confidence that he has in that team too. You know, I think we're looking at, as you said, Campy, we're looking really at 2022 as the the, I- the ideal objective for Daniel Ricciardo to be as best as he can be. And uh, I even said to Tommy last night, you know, this is all a good experience for him to get to grips with a different car at different circuits because it gives him one up for next year as people who have been driving the same cars like Lewis and Valtteri for pretty much the entire turbo hybrid era uh, will have to become sort of flexible to be able to drive something different again. Um, but yeah, I think McLaren, as we said at the beginning of the year and the investment that is going on into the 2022 car with the team, we, you know, the James Key and Andreas Seidel, we've said this many, many times in Zach Brown, that that should be a winning formula for, for this. Uh, and I think the team is McLaren. If you look in historically, like that's a team that people have wanted to go to. It was only in really the Stoffel van Dorn and, Nando era where it went to crap, right? So who knows what, what happens next year though. You're absolutely right. I mean, Lewis might not sign and Valtteri might not sign. And suddenly there's a second seed at Mercedes and, you know, Lando doesn't necessarily belong to a junior program, but he is driving a Mercedes powered car now, which, you know, lends itself to some potential moves.
1: Yeah. But his stocks are going up at the moment as well. After five races this season, I mean, you've got a guy that's come off two years of not beating his teammate. Um, so question marks should be asked and it was close both years, but what I said about Lando this year was was it'll be interesting to see how he goes against Danny Rick. Now we know Danny Rick's struggling with the car, but over a whole season, DR will pick it up and those points deficits will be easy to to claw back in the second half of the season once he gets to grips with his car. But, but oh, I always said three years in a team where you haven't beaten your teammate, who's going to get a contract? He'd probably be the only driver that I can remember in recent years that would be worthy of a contract after being beaten by your teammate three years in a row. It hasn't happened yet, but it, the possibility is still there. So I think, yeah, it's it's good for him.
2: Let's talk about something else that's good and happy and nice to see. Romain Grosjean, although the French Grand Prix has moved and therefore he is no longer testing the car in front of a French Grand Prix crowd. He is still doing a full day, apparently, of testing, which is still great. Uh, but for IndyCar, he managed to put it on pole for qualifying and then second for the race, Tommy T. That was a a nice story, wasn't it? It's good to see. I mean, it's good to see him back so quick, to be honest. like I, I would have
0: just thought that kind of traumatic experience, let alone the injuries he would have sustained, would have kept him out longer. But he's back and right at the front, so... We know that Roman's a quality professional and Campy, cons, consummate. Professional. He, is a, he is, in fact, as Campy would say, oh. a consummating professional.
1: Oh, <laughs> no yeah, good.
0: Campy loves a bit of Roman. Um, what did you think of it,
1: Campy? Yeah, great drive. Um, the, the podcast he did on um, whatever the fine is, can't remember what it's called. Um, excellent. Excellent. He spoke. He spoke about the driving style in IndyCar and how it differs from Formula One for about five minutes. And he said, basically, you can lean on these tires as hard as you can. You don't have to save fuel. It's it's yeah, and it's braking on the limit every corner you're going to. And he said you could push these tires really hard, which which he quite enjoys. He said it reminded him of yesteryear in Formula One uh, in the in his approach and the way that he goes about it. So I think that's how drivers want to drive normally. It's how they race go karts and every other formula. You're not worried about tires and managing. situations Situations, so it's it's good to see him step into a new category and go. Oh, I can drive naturally and how I want to drive. Now it's a bit slower, um, cornering speeds, different exit speeds. I mean, there's a different technique to driving these cars, but he seems to have got it locked down. Interestingly, he's only doing uh, race like uh, actual race tracks. He's not doing oval races this year, so. Um, He said – can't blame him, to be honest. I can't blame him. That shit's (laughs) – that is batshit crazy watching those guys go around. (laughs) Mate, I saw it at the Texas Motor Speedway. I saw NASCAR cars doing it and I just thought, this is bonkers. (laughs) (laughs) Like, because something happens. Like, you don't even have to touch someone and and you're in someone's draft and you lose your front end and all of a sudden – you know, your little one mistake where you lose the front end or your back end slightly puts you in yeah. the wall and takes 15 people out with you. It's just mental. It and with the speeds that the um, the Indy cars are going, I just can't imagine that
0: no, I wouldn't do it. Well, and they're just set up so differently, aren't they? Like a NASCAR yeah. is designed to go around a loop. The Indy cars are designed to go around corners, both directions. So I just, it would
2: be insane. Yeah. You're so right.
1: Anyway, good for Roman.
2: Yeah. Very good for him. Another good thing. This is good segues, gentlemen. Thank you for setting is me up segment so nicely. this the good uh, section of the podcast? Uh, uh, we can be happy about this Australian, Oscar Piastri, boy from Melbourne, doing an amazing job this weekend and sticking it in P2 for the feature race and in uh, P2 for the second sprint race. Uh, th- this is uh, probably for,
1: actually. P8 for the reverse grid. Price yeah, but it's also uh, just
2: a, a showing that it doesn't actually matter about the race at all. It's just where you qualify. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> uh, we're going to say
0: this, and you're all going to get sick of it, but Monaco is all about qualifying. We've
2: already watched the race. Basically, don't that was even. yesterday. Yes. <laughs> Hot don't tip, worry about don't it. Don't
0: watch. Um, yeah, but he, he did a great job, and James and I were talking about it when we watched the, the reverse grid mm. qualifying, wasn't it? And we're like, so what's the plan here? Do you want to get, win this? and get a couple of points, or do you want to get closer to 10th, which would put you on pole for the feature race? So it is really something that we're going to have to think about, I think, with this whole sprint race thing going forward well, in Formula 1 too. But there's only
1: half points available in the sprint races. The feature race has got the full 25, Yeah, the first 18. So. It, it
0: is interesting though, because if you skew it correctly, you could go – very strategic and try and just get maximum points banked by like tanking a position here or there or do you know what I mean? It's, it's very tactical over just like, I want to be the one at the front all the time.
1: That's why Guan Zhou's leading the championship at the moment. But only by 16 points
2: from Piastri. It's not.
1: And if Piastri didn't um, didn't lose his back end in the first round, um, bank some points. He was always going to, he, he had the race. Uh, he was on the alternate strategy. Which he was the only one in the field that made work, but he just lost it trying to make an overtake or hold a position for memory. If he had held on to with a fourth place here and taking some points, he'd be in the lead. But I mean, we're two rounds yep. in, and he's only 16 behind. On, who cares? He's gonna he's gonna dominate this championship. I think he looks good, doesn't he? I and mean, that's what the other thing we we're
0: saying is: forget that this is only the second race. Usually, yeah. we're used to F2 being every other weekend. It's just been such a gap. So much for more racing.
2: Least, yeah, it does I don't think it's it's worked. this trying to mix F3 F2 F1.
1: Yeah, I'd, I don't mind it, but that works for me. i get 3 extra races on a Grand Prix weekend instead of <clears throat> four races of across two different categories.
2: Okay. Well, I mean, thank you then to the FIA. Campy is happy for once with you. <laughs> uh, we'll leave it at that. Exactly. Uh, all right. Sorry, let's I'm talk just, about that.
1: I'm just trying to be disagreeable because, you know.
2: What a surprise Let's talk about something that (laughs) bores the absolute crap out of me A real wing that moves Campy, talk to us about this bloody flexi Uh, wing saga (laughs) Annoying crap
1: Aaron, is that you? Lewis has got his knickers in a knot over this one, doesn't he? And Look, as if he could see that when he's driving What a load of rubbish (laughs) (laughs) They've clearly been talking about that in the garage And Lewis is like, I know how this game works I know how to play it Let's bring it up during the race and um, <laughs> get the FIA to do some investigations. Snake. Um, anyway, look, <laughs> um, look. Look, look, look. Flexi wings and flexible parts on cars have happened for years. Um, um, the easiest way I'll try to explain it, if you've got your X and Y axis, like on a diagram, like the amount of load that you put on the car as the X and the amount of flex on the wing, you want it to go up evenly at every space. So you want it to go up linear. So if you imagine it, you've got your right angle, your nine degree, and the line goes up diagonally as in perfect order. As the load increases, that's the same amount of flex. What is clear that is not happening is that when we get to a certain point where there's there's a big load, you know, with just say 800 Newton meters, the line skewers, so it flexes more under the higher load than what it does at the lower loads. Now, if you read the rules, there's, you, the rules don't say that you can't have flex. The rules say you have to pass the flexing test. Now, this year we know they're not all carbon um, fibre. Um, the whole front wing and rear wings aren't just made of carbon fibre. They've got some substitute um. Compounds in there, like some rubbers, because remember last year they they said, "Oh, we we need to change it because if we keep smashing front wings, we don't want carbon going on the circuit, which can get, um, which can be hazard for tyres, etc." So what they're going to do is going to put some composite materials in there so they don't fall off and be damaged as easily. So they put some rubber in there, probably some silicons and stuff like that to give it some strength. But on the flip side, it makes it a bit more flexible. Now, I got no doubt every team. Has a level of um, is a level of cheating if if you read the rules to the absolute t. Um, yeah, Horner's passed the test, so he's like, why do we, why are we changing the test mid season because Lewis is <laughs> kicking up a stink? Which I un- I, to- I totally get, like yeah, yeah, um, I understand it. And these F one designers are always going to design the parts to withstand the tests and pass the tests, so it just. Although it is clear from the Red Bull and the Ferrari, when you look at them comparison-wise, um, under braking, the rear wing like just almost rises like a wave, like a wave in the ocean when it hits that sandbank. Mm. When the braking loads are decreased and so much load comes off, the whole back end of the car rises. So it's not just the wing that's flexing, but it's the whole rear um, rear side and the suspension unloads and comes up as well. So yeah, look, it's a tough one. Do I think anything will change? Probably not. So, (laughs) there's a long way to say, don't worry. (laughs) You're
2: not wrong, though. Thank you. Thank you for also explaining that actually really well. That helped me a lot, too, Campy.
1: Yeah. Jeez. There is some intelligence in in this head (laughs) of mine.
2: Underneath that beanie. We won't tell anyone. Uh, but if you would like to talk about the flexi wing, uh, you can join our Discord chat, and I will ignore you there. <laughs> just, I, don't, yeah. I don't care, Karen. Uh, or Lewis, in this instance, I should say. <laughs> Karen Hamilton. Yeah, big, Nick. big
1: Nick. Keeps bringing it up. Jeez, mate. Well, this is for you, buddy. Big Nick. This is <laughs> why we're go. talking about it.
2: Love that. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's talk about Monaco itself and practice. And first of all, the Haas car that kept crashing wasn't the Haas car that all the memes were talking about in the week leading up to it. Wow. Mick Schumacher, big-time struggle town at Casino Square, uh, and not because he was losing uh, roulette or whatever. He was just <laughs> losing the rear end and losing the front end, evidently, on both sides. Uh, Tommy T. Did not expect it. It wasn't good to watch, was it? No, did not expect it. We thought, okay, he's got one crash out of him
0: earlier in the the weekend. But, again, and that was a brutal one, enough to not be able to go into qualifying. So. Hopeful that he can end up fine in the race, but if you're still. you're going
2: to crash, you're going to do it not at five minutes to go in uh, P3 <laughs> and absolutely ruin your car. Yeah.
0: I oh. mean, you, you just discount yourself from qualifying. It just doesn't happen. I think I
1: know what's going on here. His teammate and his teammate's father, those Adams family-looking mother <laughs> mother truckers, have bought off a few of the mechanics and sabotage mixed <laughs> cars this weekend. <laughs> They just swapped the cars. Allegedly. Well, allegedly, yeah. We're going to buy the team <laughs> next year, so why not buy it now? Well, no, Mazapin so, uh, came out and said, I think my fight between me and Michael Shumac- Mick Schumacher is going to be really close this year. I'm like, well, it hasn't been close to five races. Mick's, a- Mick's allowed, to make- He's allowed to make a mistake at this stage. He's dominated yeah, his sure. teammate, and Yep. If this track is going to come out and bite you, this is the track it's going to happen on.
0: Yep. Well, we saw the guy that put it on pole crash so no one's exempt let's be yeah, honest you're not wrong <laughs>
1: well, oh no, the fio will be going over the uh the um the radio messages stringently for the last 20 minutes before that, wouldn't they?
2: (laughs) We'll get to that, won't we? Let's talk about the red cars, though, because Ferrari were the real surprise this weekend through all the free practice sessions and into Quali. I think I was most disappointed for Carlos signs as a result of the crash, as you say, as we get to. But Carlos was amazingly quick. All free practice sessions, wasn't he, Tommy?
0: Yep. The guy that switched cars and is doing the most with this new car is Carlos for sure. He was yes. really giving it to Leclerc through all of the practice sessions. They yeah. were kind of like leapfrogging each other for fastest times. And to be honest, I didn't expect it. I mean, I knew that they would probably have a good package set up for a faux home race like this, which is like on the border of Italy. But. To be honest, did not expect it. I thought McLarens would be far and away ahead. I thought the Alpines would probably be further ahead, but they were a big disappointment we'll get to as well. But, yeah, massive pace, and we forget that Carlos has actually always done very well at Monaco and always outqualified his teammate until this weekend.
2: Mm. Campy, what are your thoughts on Ferrari?
1: Yeah, well, they've been sandbagging too, apparently. No, I think um, <laughs> was just uh, they've been talking about that on the commentary in every session, and I'm like, dude, there's no way Ferrari even expected to be this good at Modico. Um, yeah. They would have had some ideas after Sector 3 in Barcelona. I didn't expect them to be as quick as they were. Um, yeah. Obviously, they're cheating. They've done something. <laughs> um, I, it's got to be the low-speed corners
0: all right, Campy. It's something to do with that.
1: Uh, they've just they're just really efficient in the low, low and medium speed corners. Um, and they've probably got a lot of downforce strapped onto the car as well. Um, it's a one-off though. This track is unique.
0: Mm,
1: yeah. <laughs> so it's not going to happen week in, week out. But it's good to see Ferrari up there. Do I want them to win? Absolutely not. Do I want them? <laughs> Do I, want, do I want Leclerc's gearbox to shit the bed with like 10 laps remaining in the ropes? Absolutely. <laughs> um, Excellent. Because I actually subbed in, I subbed out Danny Rick in my fantasy and put signs in. How dare you? Me too. Oh, he's just killing me at the moment. And but, I turboed um, him too. Yeah, so did I. Same. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> The confidence does not exist. I was one. Oh. Put
2: yourselves in the bin. Jeez, how's the Daddy Rick, you're too expensive, man. Seriously, uh, how's
1: a spine on us, three? Jesus, yeah.
2: <laughs> you oh. don't tip with your heart. You've Zero got to be strategic. Commitment. Oh. Zero commitment from us.
1: But yes, but yes, good on Ferrari for getting pole. And uh, well, I, I, I don't think. I don't think that is gonna take a penalty. I read the rules last night and um under section I think it's thirty-four or thirty-five. Here we go. Hang on, I'll just get my photos out. I took a photo. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: I'm just gonna start going to sleep. Yeah. In article
1: about thirty-four, part U of the uh of, God the, damn it. of the rules. <laughs> <laughs> it says it says in Park Verme, repair of genuine accident accident damage can occur.
0: Well, let's talk about if it's a genuine accident, then, hey. Well, they'll be checking. Dun, dun, it. Dun, dun. <laughs>
1: Allegedly, it wouldn't surprise <laughs> me.
0: Good. To be honest, if you can't be this, I'm going to throw a conspiracy out here now. Oh. If you were going to try and have a strategic crash where you would do the least amount of damage in the most inconspicuous spot, would it not be on the exit past the swimming pool? There, take out your front tire and not damage anything. I don't think he expected to for it to fully separate and then him beach himself. That's where it went wrong. But it's often where drivers are rubbing the front tyre. It would be like, oh, whoops, I just ran too wide, knocked off a front tyre, and then just like slowed down very easily, safely. That's a quick repair, but I don't think he expected to fully catapult himself into
1: that side barrier. Oh, it, looked, it looked genuine. It's a bit different. <laughs> it's a bit... It's a bit different to coming out of Casino Square just before you turn right to go into the um, the hairpin, yeah. locking up and just driving <laughs> straight off and bringing out a flag and nothing that's happens to your car. Yes. That's different. But, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if that's what Leclerc did and the lengths he went to, to do it. These guys are ruthless competitors. And uh, it wouldn't – mate, if you want to bin your car like that at that speed because he wasn't – he wasn't. It wasn't set in purple sectors. Put it that way. Exactly. I mean, it exactly. looks it looks legitimate and it looks like it, it could happen. But I wouldn't put it past him. I and mean, he's probably sitting back laughing and going, "Ah, I fucked him all over." How good's this?
2: Can I take my tin hat off now? <laughs> <laughs> With you too. Yes. Uh, let's look at that specific corner and what <laughs> happened uh, to Nick Latifi, who did exactly the same thing, pretty much, uh, and just came at it in an in incorrect way and I don't think Latifi was trying to get pole.
0: No exactly but that's what I'm saying. I think procl- it like oh, there are better if I was going to crash question, <laughs> yeah.
2: there are better places on the track to crash and not throw control arms
0: strategically because crash because yeah.
2: we didn't know the amount of damage that it can do. look I don't think he did it on purpose. No. I think he was no. tr- trying to push really hard. Uh it was just lucky that he managed to crash the car because yes. there were about 7 people behind him probably all that who all said can I just say yes. oh that bloody Red flag, I was gonna get pole. Well, yes. you know, of course, you were all seven of you. were That was gonna be amazing. But yes. there were a lot of purple sectors going on behind from Carlos, not from Lewis, from Valtteri, Max, others yeah. who were in contention would have been interesting to see. Not but Daniel Ricciardo, not Daniel, but let's <laughs> well, ignore that. But we, I think overall, uh, it's it's lucky for him. But let's look consistently at Leclerc's performance at Monaco in race, doesn't exist he always ma- fails to, to yes. win or even complete, rather, the race. So yep. I don't know if he's going to be able to, or if maybe he's just shaking that over system in qualifying <laughs> yeah. so he can just get on with the race <laughs> this time and not crash. Yes. No, to be honest, though, like what you're talking about, tinfoil hat off, I think
0: what happens <laughs> is when you do have provisional pole, you are allowed to take more risks. Why not? If you do bin it, it's a happy accident that oh, I'm already on provisional pole. You kind of have a get out of jail free card to just go for it on that last lap with provisional pole. There's nothing you should leave, especially when you've got the field behind you, like he did. He just had every
2: opportunity to go for it. And I mean, it's, I'm just looking at the the qualify from first to to sixth. There is six tenths separating.
0: Yes, yeah, so not much.
2: Like that's ridiculous in t- in terms <laughs> of like being able to fight. And you know, Verstappen only. Uh, very like two tenths behind. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, so it's a shame, I think. But it's all about the start too. Let's do- let's not forget that this is a track that uh, that necessarily campy. And you can probably speak to this in terms of like a dirty side and a clean side of starting first and second. The second position isn't as bad or dirty track as most tracks would be. Yeah,
1: well, you're right. But if you look at if you look at the way the starts play out on this, it's single file basically. You might get one or two position changes every year, but I mean the run into turn one is so short, so that's why um, that's why it stays the same.
0: You can adopt mine and James's technique, which is just to go over the pit entry, the pit exit, and just
1: take that because yeah. you don't
0: get a penalty on the first uh, lap anyway.
1: Yeah, our, <laughs> friend, our friend Mazepin did that. In, uh, <laughs> well, maybe it was that Mahavia dude or whatever his name is. The best, the worst <laughs> F1 driver of all time. But um, The goat. The goat. Um, uh, do you, uh, my, my question to you guys is do you think there should be a penalty at a track like Monaco for putting it on pole and then having a crash? I think. Look, at another racetrack, I understand that, like, you can have accidents. It's yeah. not, like, around Monaco, if you, if there's an accident anywhere or anything happens, it's a flag and your lap's ruined everywhere. Yes. Unlike at other tracks where there's space and there's runoff, I just think on street circuits like this, there should be punishment for actually putting it in the wall. If you can't complete your qualifying after putting it on a provisional pole. And then yeah. halting everyone else behind you. I don't like it. I just think it's anticlimactic. You know what yeah. they should do? They should get they should red flag the session, stop it, get the car off, clean it up, and give the guys the extra five minutes to go and put their lap on. Cause it's yeah, it's Because then they'll go and beat him every time. But it could, mm. there's got to be a punishment for making mistakes, and at the moment it doesn't look like there'll be a mistake, and that's probably my frustration with it. I think the... The, but that it, may be because I want him to lose as well. So. I, mean,
2: there is I think the thought process is that if the, the d- damage is significant enough, that is, you know, starting from the pit lane right, yeah. rather than starting from pole. And everyone was saying, "Well, is it going to happen?" But I think the report was that it's not serious enough for that yeah. to happen, so it can all be repaired under Park Ferme rules, as you said, which is Section Seven Thousand Four Hundred Thirty Two Part U. Ugh, imagine writing I remember. that document.
1: Who has new
2: like letters for parts? Like,
1: how will we run out of the numbers? I expected it to be full of legalese and big words that I couldn't understand, but I got through it pretty easily, pretty healthily. So I don't know if that that speaks to my intelligence. You are Dr. Thomas. Dr.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Helmut Campy. Let's
2: let's talk about not the front uh, for a second because confusingly for a lot of people, uh, especially as Daniel Ricciardo was out in Q2, Sebastian Vettel not only got through Q3, but put it ahead of Perez, my guy. Starting he looked eighth. very
0: comfortable, didn't he? He did. He did the whole time. Stroll had a couple of like really clean laps coming through. But other than that, I think Vettel had his number all through practice.
2: Campy, are we taking him out of the bin?
1: Yep. After this weekend, yes. He found eight tenths, uh, seven and a half tenths between Q1 and Q2. That's huge. Huge. Yeah, he was, he's on the money. Seb's uh, Do you think he, that is just this track or do you think
0: that is genuine? He's found performance and comfortable with that car.
1: Look, that's the F one profit. I'm trying to look into the future. Now I think he's. I think, I think. it's this track. I don't think it's every track, but he'll be. He'll beat Stroll comfortably for the rest of the year. Yeah, Ooh. I think he's cooked. I like that, <laughs> and
2: Giovinazzi as well for Alfa Romeo. The first time this season, putting it into Q three again ahead of Daniel Ricciardo, and Ocon, and Stroll, and Kimi, who was amazing, and Sonoda. Alonso. I mean, these are cars that usually are ahead in in most traditional tracks. Can't be just just highlights. I think your point about this is n- not a track that anyone can prepare for. It is literally you just go and drive, right, I, Tommy? I just wonder how much of it is actually down to car and how much of it is to how big
0: those two big things sitting under your seat are, as how you get around.
1: This track. <laughs> I'm sorry. You, I was trying to be subtle. I was well, trying to be subtle. You just spit it out. Big you talking about the agates be- the, agates. The, agates. <laughs> the agates between our legs. Is that what you're talking about? That's
0: exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> Until there is females in there, it's definitely agates. Until then, we'll figure out another term. But this is so much about how you drive how much you're willing to risk in a lap time more down to the performance of your car necessarily, because it is how late can you break? How early can you get back on the throttle? Those kind of things on the street circuit. It is just risk. How much risk can you take and how much can it pay off more so than on other tracks where it is down to car performance?
2: And I think the other big point here as well, Campy is that Hamilton starts just ahead of Sebastian Vettel in seventh. This was uh, definitely not his weekend. They were making changes to the car ahead of Quali.
1: Yeah, Hamilton was off all weekend, wasn't he? Um, really didn't look like he could fire the tires up. That's what it looked like to me. The car wasn't wasn't gripping. I mean, Valtteri spanked him. Great result for Valtteri. It's the first time I think Lewis has been beaten by five five tenths in a long time. Um, anyway, look, he'll. He'll suck it up. He's still leading the World Championships. I think he'll lose a lot of points in um in the this race to Verstappen. Hopefully Verstappen can get a start and get a win and bridge that gap to Lewis. But um yeah, interesting. I just we've seen this year that the Mercedes is the better car and it is the best. But on tracks like this, where it has been closer previously, this is where Mercedes won't be as dominant and it's proven. Lewis can't yeah. put it together.
0: He didn't seem to want to take the blame either. He seemed to kind of want to share that around with the team as a team problem, less of a Lewis problem. But to be honest, when Valtteri's doing as well as he was doing, I don't think he really can.
2: I think he has to take the blame, to be honest. Yeah. The other person who uh, sort of flew under the radar for qualifying was Pierre Gasly, uh, finishing ahead of Hamilton in sixth, uh, with Norris ahead of him in fifth, then Sainz, and then Bottas Verstappen and Leclerc. This is an interesting starting grid, gentlemen, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited about it, uh, but let's actually talk about Daniel Ricciardo and uh, let's settle everyone down, mainly at myself, because of the <laughs> sheer disappointment. Um, Jeez, he, it's
1: tough to watch. It?
2: it really hurts because we oh, love DR a lot. Uh, not enough to keep him in our fantasy team, evidently. <laughs> nope. <laughs> but, but we want him to succeed. Um, he made progress though all weekend, and even Tom Stallard, his race engineer, got on the blower straight away. And look, I think Tom is a wonderful race engineer, he was the same for Carlos, but said, You know, good job, Daniel. Seriously, you made good progression through qualifying. The problem is, everyone else made better progression.
1: Well, it turned out he was only four tenths behind Lando, which is way better than what he was. Um, all weekend, you know. He was constantly in that second, second and half. And he was going, hey, that was a good lap. That was a good lap. I, I was on it. The car seemed yeah. good. And he's like, hey, how am I in P14, 15 So there's obviously something. Uh, we've talked about his driving style. Um, I spoke on the Discord chat last night. Could be a chassis problem. Um, could be something minute in the chassis that no one's picked up on. I've said it before. It's like get two identical Uh, musical instruments. Everything's the same about them. One sounds way better than the other. It's just how these things happen sometimes. Um, I don't think it's that. I just think Danny Rick's trying to get to grips with his car. We know he's mega around this track. This is his favourite track. Um, I think the job he did in qualifying retrospective of how far he's been behind his teammate, um, you know, being that four-tenths behind. uh, That was Q1. I'm not sure what happened in Q2, Um, how far he was behind Norris then. But... Daniel obviously picks up a lot. He finds extra time everywhere in every qualifying session he's going to. Just unfortunately at the moment, I just hate to see him so far behind his teammate. You just love to see it in practice sometimes as well. It
0: feels like it's always this last minute like pulls an extra couple of tenths out of nowhere. You're like, dude, I wish you could show that throughout the whole weekend so we can see that it's not just this random one-off. Give us a bit
1: of confidence. Give the team a bit of confidence. Give yourself a bit of confidence kind of thing. I don't see any consistency in the way that he's been driving this year. That car just seems to be all over the joint and doesn't suit his style at all. Anyway, he'll be fine. We love him. He is, in my opinion, I mean, his stocks are probably taking a bit of a hit. He's in the top three drivers on the grid with Hamilton, Max, and himself. This year, he's just not extracting the pace out of the car for whatever reason. Uh, Next year, new chassis new concept on how the car works and how it drives, he's going to be ready to adapt quicker than anybody else. And next year's his year, really. <laughs> That's he's, the year we've been hoping for.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Look, he starts 12th for, for Monaco. Realistically, it, it, he'd be hoping he can finish in the points at least, sort of 9th, 10th. But it's incredibly hard to pass here, as we know. Um, maybe we can pray for rain. It won't happen. Uh, or it'll happen five minutes after the race finishes. Uh, you know, it, it so... Realistically, points this weekend are where he should be aiming for. Um, but, yeah, it's, it is hard to watch. And as I think, as you said, Tommy, earlier, it's because, you know, we compare him to Signs, who has also jumped into a brand new team and is, you know, is performing at least more consistently across weekends. He might not be as quick as he was in Monaco at previous tracks, but it's been quick enough and up towards Charlotte Leclerc, um, which Norris has been... You know, streaks ahead of, of Daniel for a long time. But as you say, Campy, it's, it's, you know, he hasn't been able to to drive it consistently, which means he's learning this car for every track, which mm. must be mentally exhausting for him, the poor bloke.
1: Mm. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I don't want to talk about it. It makes me sad. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's, yeah. It's just,
2: yeah. Well, let's talk about something delightful about Daniel Ricciardo because he has the best special helmet for this weekend. Oh, yeah, uh my delivery. I'm the <laughs> It's great. Get in
1: me. <laughs> That's the most excited
2: I've ever heard you. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, the golf livery is freaking incredible to look at. And yep. it looks... Uh, look, hop on a Kim Ullman's Instagram page. He took, I think he caught Lando coming out of the tunnel. And that image is just like, I want to buy that and stick it on my wall. It looks yeah. that amazing. Yep. Wow. Iconic. Yep. I mean, everyone's saying it,
0: keep it forever. But yep. I don't think they will. They like the just to splash these special liveries out and keep everyone hyped.
1: Yeah, It's like Red
0: Bull. Do the camo one again. Just do it. You dogs.
1: <laughs> you dirty dogs. Um, <laughs> yeah, it looks good, doesn't it? Jeez. When I first saw that, I was like, Whoa. "Oh, Yeah. I think we know what we're getting next year. I would just like to see a bit more black in there, like black highlights around to separate the blue and the orange, but that's me being picky. But
0: If you need uh, creative direction (laughs) in McLaren, (laughs) thomasjcamp.com.au.
2: We haven't. uh, forward slash McLaren livery 2022. That'll be the URL you can go to to get direct contact with Thomas Elizabeth (laughs) Camp.
1: (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, boys, the Zoom's coming out. I'll just <laughs> that. You, want to <laughs> you dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: look, things to expect in the race. Uh, as we said, basically the starting order dictates where the finishing happens. Uh, F2 has been the uh, really the, the thing that shows that. But you never know what happens. Uh, there might be some rule or regulation that a car has broken. They get disqualified off the top step, as happened in the second sprint race in F2. Look, it's all to play for, really. As we said, Daniel Ricciardo into the points will be a good thing. I would like Carlos Sainz to win. Uh, that's my pick, only because he's my turbo driver, although he's also your yeah. turbo drivers, all Maybe not, because uh, <laughs> Ken's <laughs> <ahead>. <laughs> Great
1: names. We'll do that tomorrow. There's some great and names. And there is some
2: great names. If you haven't yet had a chance to update your name of the Fantasy League team, go and do that, because we are laughing A lot ahead of the racing. It is incredible. Well, boys, it's all to come for in a couple of hours' time. Uh, If you're not on our Discord server yet and you feel like joining us for uh, talking about the race, then do that. But otherwise, do all the good things that people who listen to podcasts do, and we'll see you in a couple of hours for our review of the Monaco Grand Prix. Thanks, boys. Cheers. Hey, let's clap. Tommy, you can clap. Okay.
0: Well, we need to clap into both mics. No, 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 sorry. Three, two, one, clap. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I want to say clap at the same time, you
1: moron? Clap. He's got the clap. <laughs> can you do
0: that again without saying clap? Yes. <laughs> 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.